0: SIRENS Chapter 14 Ready to do this? Marianne watched Matt take a bunch of papers and his laptop out of his bag. Her eyes followed them, trying to guess the detail he'd gone into. I thought I was. He grinned. Gotta figure things out. I thought we could run some tests. What? Kind of tests, exactly. We know that distance doesn't seem to figure in. You handled England fine. I thought we could test speed and endurance. He was rifling through his papers. She reminded herself that she was the one who wanted to research and no more. Just call me your guinea pig. He looked up, hands stilling. You don't have to. This must be a hell of a mind fuck for you. Thanks. She ruffled Bobo's ears. They'd decided to experiment at Matt's, since it was daytime and Ash was sleeping. But I do. You think this is all your fault? I kind of let them out. I mean, I was busy, and I didn't mean it, and I wasn't even sure I could stop it. Turned out I could. She shrugged. We haven't come across one that hasn't been dangerous, so I gotta try and stop them. But you don't have to do it alone. I got ash. He sat down beside her, and Bobo immediately turned to get scratches from his papa. Perfect life. Why do you want to put yourself in danger? Bobo needs you. I don't. It isn't the danger. I'm not crazy. Then what? I'm curious. He concentrated on Bobo for a minute. I grew up reading sci-fi. Neuromancer changed my life. Computers seemed like this pit of endless possibility. So I learned about them and it was great until I saw what companies are doing. They seem pretty awesome. She thought of the weirdos she'd met in some of the forums. Mostly. Mostly. All that's going to change the world. Maybe. I don't really see humans going in for utopia. It's the dystopia that worries me. Humdrum might be what we should be aiming for. Just companies selling stuff. He shook his head. Point is... I've seen more amazing things in the last week than in a whole lifetime of reading and working with computers. I want to know what that thing is. I want to know what Ash is and how you do this. He waved at the papers. What do you mean, what Ash is? He snorted and looked just slightly offended. Neither of you are normal. She didn't bother to argue. She wasn't going to be telling Ash about it, though. Not just yet. He was doing what she had, that's all. Not letting go, like a dog with a bone, when something completely unheard of showed up. Was she supposed to begrudge him? Even with the mixed results of the last year, she thought of all her distance learning courses. What she had now made her as happy as that future vision of life with Bobby had made her miserable. Who was she to cut him out? Anyway, it hadn't worked when Ash had tried to get rid of her and Matt seemed to be pretty tenacious. I thought we should give you a couple of tests. I was thinking speed first, and then endurance. She petted Bobo while he explained. With pictures. A fast trip around the city, and then a second test, holding a door open as long as she could. What if I get to... She looked at the map. Abbotsford, say. And collapse with a heart attack. Is that a danger? Your guess is as good as mine. Don't do that. Sure. I mean, if you're feeling tired, stop. You have your phone. I can come and pick you up. This isn't a race. It's just a test run. She looked at the map and the pictures. He'd spent some time on it. No one will be around to see? They should be quiet locations. I know most of them. And what then? What if they found that she could tear gates open all over the world? The bog thing. The bog light. Astrid. Whatever. It would just be killing people farther away. It wasn't like she could see another world or dimension. The only one she'd ever seen was Ewan's, and that one was gone. But Matt was watching her expectantly. He was so sure this was important, and it probably was. Even if it didn't matter right this second, it'd be useful in the future. So she got to her feet and picked up the paper folder, flipping through. He'd started her off easy and chosen a place near where they usually met for runs. Okay, start with a sprint, huh? Fast as you can. She rolled her shoulders, eyes fixed on the picture. Energy bomb. Door! It snapped open and she jumped through. Bobo! She turned, falling backwards. She caught a glimpse of Matt's panicked face just before the gate sealed shut. Bobo trotted proudly up to her and began licking her chin troublemaker. She petted him and took out her papers. Well, it's a sprint. She got to her feet, looking at the next picture. Eel, Bobo. The dog wagged ecstatically. Ready? He wagged more. She flung out her hand. Door. And she was good at it. She and Bobo leaped through gate after gate, sometimes barely pausing, like intense and slightly deadly hurdles. When they made the final jump back to Matt's, she was almost laughing, breathless, and did laugh when Bobo cut off Matt's angry outburst with a wild race around the room. Why did you bring him? You said it was a sprint. Bobo was a great pace runner. The dog nearly swept Matt off his feet, demanding attention and praise until his wild bouncing stopped. It seemed to work on Matt, too, because he was less pissed off when he looked up, just worried about him but it was okay for me to haul my ass through an obstacle course. Well, yeah, he's a dog. She laughed and he shrugged, but it seemed okay. How was it? It was amazing. And you're okay? Not tired? No more than I would be after a practice. She considered. There was a sort of heaviness that set in after the adrenaline of a track meet was over. It was a good tired, though. Satisfying. A hard practice, maybe. You want to wait on the next test? He was a little disappointed, she could tell. It should be okay. It's the endurance test anyway, right? The worst that could happen is the door closes. She was assuming. Just a bit. She picked up the photograph. A wave was crashing against a rocky point that thrust out into the sea. When she flipped it over, she saw a date printed on the back from last summer. You took this? My family took a trip to Nova Scotia it's really good. It looked gorgeous. She wondered if Ash had ever been there. Um, I have others. We went to Winnipeg. Why? He laughed and sat on the sofa. Bobo sat at his feet. He pulled the fancy silver and black throw pillow away from the other side to clear it for her. She had to strain to imagine a guy shopping for throw pillows. It had to be a decorator. Or a girlfriend? He'd never said anything about a girl serious enough to live with. She sat in the cleared spot and he threw the pillow back at her. Oof. Her fingers sank into the soft, silvery-grey cloth. Nice choice. Thanks. I'll let the decorator know. Aha. huh There's gonna be wind and stuff. You sure you want it here? Go ahead. She tried to make it open as far from the nice sofa as possible. Usually, doors opened where they opened— This time, it carved itself out just in front of the picture window. Papers flew off the coffee table. The icy, clean wind bit at first. Then she lifted her face to it, smiling. A wave crashed against the rocks, sending the spray up ten, twenty feet. Dozens, she thought. Dozens of feet. And the sound was amazing. She closed her eyes, listening. The steady rush was mesmerizing. Tension started to melt out of her, and she slid bonelessly down into the cushions. Seagulls. She could hear seagulls. Seemed like Bobo did, too, because she heard him whine. Bobo, stay. Hey, do you want a beer? Sure. She snuggled in, watching the water through half-closed eyes. Bobo whined again. Don't get us in more trouble. She patted the sofa. He climbed up, making himself surprisingly small for such a big dog, but still taking up most of the middle cushion. He panted, watching the gate like it was a good TV program. Matt came back, and she felt a bit of guilt at letting the dog up without asking if it was okay first. He just handed her a bottle and sat again, muttering something about traitors at Bobo. The beer tasted good, and the view was spectacular. In Nova Scotia, the day was getting late. It really messed with your sense of time. The way a room would feel if you kept the curtains closed all day. When Matt put his feet up on the coffee table, she decided she could, too. They watched the sea from 5,000 kilometers away. Just like a movie. Matt ordered in some chicken. It was like a luxury picnic on the shore. She had to fight the impulse to throw the bones through the gate. Don't you feel any drain? I think the hard part is opening and closing. Once it's there, it's just... there. Maybe if things were going through, or... I don't know. We have to find out. I'll make notes tonight. She thought for a minute. No cottonwood. Yeah? No trees around. Right. Her hand twitched with the desire to throw a bone. Do it. Friends are supposed to protect you from your bad impulses. I'll work on that. Liar.
1: Yeah? Yeah?
0: She did toss a fry through, assuming something on the other side would eat it without harm. Bobo looked wounded, so she fed him one, too. The meal settled, and she felt food coma setting in. The sofa was awfully comfortable. I should probably go soon. You guys have any more ideas for getting rid of my admirer? She shook her head. Besides constantly sending it away and letting it kill its way back, the gates I make seem useless. What about sending it to a place it can't come back from? Like? Ash said that you opened a prison last summer. Like some alternate dimension kind of thing. As far as we know, I need to at least see a picture. That was... uh, It was different. And it's gone. So you saw a picture of that place? Dimension. She frowned. If she was the one to open the gate, how had she known? Except... Ewan and the lights were their own sort of complication. Who knew how they'd fucked with her? Eat too much? Huh? She looked down and realized she was rubbing her stomach. She forced her hand to still. Ewan was dead. Nah, nervous habit, I guess. Anyway, we have something else to add to the massive list of questions. Maybe Ash will know more. What about a different planet? Or dump it into the sun? A seagull had finally spotted the fry. It gave them a pugnacious look before taking off with it. I guess the sun in my living room would be bad. But there's got to be a way. I mean, you have this amazing gift. There's no way you shouldn't be using it. He was looking at her in a particular way. What came after food and drinks, alone with a guy at his house? Don't be such a cock tease. She stood up fast enough to startle Bobo. I should go. She closed the gate. There was a little more resistance. She squeezed her hand, ignoring how the edges wavered as soon as she felt the slightest doubt. The sea wind vanished, and the gate left a sparkle of water to fall on the checkerboard floor. Mare? You okay? Yeah. A spray of light danced behind her eyes. Phosphines. she remembered. I didn't mean to put any pressure on you. No, I know. It's okay, I didn't. Cock tease. I have to go, that's all. You're right, it's gotta be useful for something, right? She pulled on her boots. Bag, bag check. Mare, what's wrong? He didn't grab her or anything. It wasn't what he did, or how. It was pure memory that froze her in place when he touched her arm, splitting her in two, with one of her reassuring him that everything was cool, and another her. Miles away. Fresh air and a brisk walk cleared her mind. Long before she was home, she felt like a moron. What was with the panic? Didn't make any sense. She'd gone out running with Matt a hundred times, usually sitting afterwards to shoot the shit and rehydrate and stuff. He'd never so much as looked at her funny, even in the ranger's cabin. She thought back, remembering certain broken off sentences. Had he meant to tell her something? Was John right? And she was just now seeing it and acting weird around him when it wasn't really his fault at all. She swore softly to herself and took out her phone. Apologize fast. Maybe blame acting squirrely on the gate thing. Excuse me. She stopped short. The stocky woman sort of blocked her way and sort of didn't. Neat trick. She was a cop, though, and Marianne knew it. The cop seemed to know she knew it, too. I'm Corporal Eleanor Varma. I'm with the RCMP Major Crime Task Force. She showed her badge and everything, the sight of it hollowing an icy pit of fear in Marianne's stomach. I'm looking into the events of last summer. in Prince George, you're Marianne Forster, right? Marianne was pretty sure she was meant to say something. Instead, she was feverishly trying to think of the last time she got high. Very fucking smooth. Am I under arrest? Why would you be arrested? Was that a trick question? It's what police do. Varma shook her head. I'm only asking questions. Collecting information. Perfectly innocent. Don't be mouthy, don't be mouthy. How can I help? I understand that you were in Prince George last summer. I grew up there. The Pine Valley Mobile Park. Right? Right? Only ask questions you know the answers to. Was it a lawyer show or a police show that said that? With my mom. You moved here before we had a chance to ask you about your experiences. I'm really sorry about that. I'm heartbroken. About last summer, you mean? I don't remember much about it. It must have been a rough time for you. Marianne waited. More specifically, she tried not to get mad or frustrated or whatever you would call it. Varma, she thought, knew it, too. She watched the cop push her thick, black hair behind her ear, like they were just having a friendly chat, plain clothes, but official-looking and all business. "'I don't know what to tell you,' she finally said, looking around. "'Except I feel like I'm a criminal. "'It took me a while to find you. "'I just wanted to take this chance for the task force. "'The more we know, the better, right?' Lies and more lies. Corporal Varma looked around at the condos. Your neighborhood is lovely. Can I ask what you do? P.A. You landed a great position. It's a boom town, I guess. Pretty quick after moving. I was really lucky. You work for a company called BAV. She pronounced it with a reasonable approximation of how Ash said it. She knew a lot for someone who said they needed answers. That's the name on my paychecks she said finally. What do they do there? No idea. I'm just a glorified gopher. And what do you go for? Order food? Dry cleaning? Open envelopes? And you live in this neighborhood? Yeah. Corporal Varma didn't seem perturbed. Actually, she seemed kind of excited. It was unnerving. I'll let you go. She stepped aside without really stepping aside, the same way she stopped Marianne without stopping her. Marianne didn't trust her and walked past with care. When the cop spoke again, it was tension, not surprise, that made her jump. Did you pay a visit to your childhood home? Do you happen to remember? What? When? Sometime last summer. We talked to a few neighbors. They said they saw someone who looked like you head up there. Don't think so. Don't know, though. You don't know? Doctors said it's amnesia. Got a concussion and all that shit. Stuff that happened. Whole chunk of time just gone. I don't remember. Judging by all the stories people tell, I don't really want to either. You know, all the gas pockets. I'm sorry to bring up bad memories. I was lucky to remember my own name, they said. I see. Thank you for your time. Marianne very carefully didn't run. By the time Ash woke up, she felt a little better. Keel even? Equilibrium achieved. She was writing everything she could remember in her notebook, in between bouts of staring at the painting in the dining room. It was bothering her more and more, creeping into her thoughts when she should be thinking of other things. Maybe she just liked the artist. Didn't mean she knew them. Or that she's one of them. Trouble in paradise? She turned to look at the kitchen. For a second, it was a bloodied face reflected in the microwave door. Then it was her own. Not the time for her mind to play tricks. First the siren thing, then Matt and Ash doing their version of getting acquainted, and now a cop was asking questions, to which she already seemed to know the answers. There were bigger fish to fry. She looked down at her notebook and wrote what she remembered about Varma. Marianne felt Ash stir and watched what passed for her sleepy stumble into the kitchen, wondering idly if she genuinely felt sleepy or if it was something that she'd practiced. Eventually, she smelled coffee, and Ash emerged with two cups. Two cups and a kiss. How did it go today? The testing went fine. I guess I passed, whatever that means. I could do the sprinting from door to door, and I held one open for hours. With no problems? Not tired? Hard workout level, maybe. Not bad, though. My girl. Marianne smiled. Do you remember those special cops John told me about? Up north. They seem to have migrated. An eyebrow lifted. Marianne should practice that. Maybe in a couple hundred years she'd manage to make it look as elegant as Ash did. Do tell. She explained what little she knew about Varma. It seemed like a little thing compared to monsters and gates and everything else. But when she was done, Ash was frowning. Police are trouble. Oh, nothing we can't take care of. Whammy? Maybe so. Say it. Imp. Marianne made her heavy metal face. So, out of curiosity, how did I feel? Ash's eyebrows shot up. Not that. Perv. Uneasy at times. Wish I could feel you like that. She thought she'd regret saying it out loud. There was a beat of silence when she started trying to think of a joke. Marianne made an embarrassing sound of surprise as Ash slid astride her in the chair before she even knew she'd moved. Oh. Her smile was just wide enough to show the sharpness of her teeth. Marianne swallowed hard. She put her arms around her. Can you feel me? Not what I meant. Ash's lips feathered over hers. Fuck what I meant. Ash laughed softly. Marianne hesitated, thinking of mind-reading. Your face is like a summer sky, my darling. Her fingertip traced a cheekbone. I'd be shit at poker, then. Very romantic. Maybe just to me. She cradled Marianne's face. It made her shiver. Dumb gestures were easy. A kid dressed up as Cupid handing out cheap roses. Real gestures weren't. And this was so fucking real. Don't be such a pussy. It made her laugh. It was such a stupid thing to think. Something gave way. This was her home, and no one was here to judge. Only her and Ash mattered anyway. It was no breathless, frightened rush. There was nothing to prove, and no one to prove it to. She sank into it like a warm bath, leaning into Ash's touch. My darling. The phone rang. Fuck a duck. Marianne glared at it. Ash laughed and slid off to go answer. Marianne sipped her coffee. Feeling the sugar and caffeine mingling with all the other stuff. Lust, she guessed. Excitement. It made it hard to sit still. There was a rush of air. Get dressed, my girl. What is it? Your b Matt. Hurry. Bring your bag.